Welcome to State Lines, where you get the best gambling and sports information in Illinois. Here are your hosts, Jason Gotch and Kevin Berger. We welcome you aboard to a very special edition of State Lines. It is Christmas time 2021. Very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everybody out there. Unfortunately for Bears fans, uh, Christmas this year is not going to be one that is going to be filled at least with thoughts of playoffs and Super Bowl appearances. Once again, it's that annual, four, actually regular, I shouldn't say annual, that's the incorrect word. Maybe for Bears fans, they wish it was annual. But the regular situation where every four or five years, uh, we get the idea of the Bears changing head coaches and maybe general managers, and that could be happening sooner rather than later. But first things first, let's recap last week, me, Jason Gotch, along with Kevin Berger, with my best bets, I put together another two and one week. And so, again, about 65% winners right there for me uh, this year, dating back to the preseason with my best bets here on state lines. Had the Buffalo Bills minus 11, an easy cover at home against the Carolina Panthers, winning uh, that game going away. Also, we had a win with the Cincinnati Bengals. They were getting two and a half in Denver, had them 15-10 winners on the scoreboard, so an easy winner there. As I said, Bills 31-14 winners at home over the Panthers. Did miss with the Jaguars, thought they'd show some pride to try and prove Urban Meyer wrong, who was very critical of that team in his uh, several months with them, didn't even last the season. But the Texans get their third win of the year, second over the Jaguars, winning 30-16 in Jacksonville. So had the Jaguars minus three and a half, did not work out so well. And as I bring in Kevin Berger after telling you about that two in one week, uh, it did not work out well for the Chicago Bears in the Monday night game. Uh, Vikings win that one 17-9. Bears a bunch of empty trips in the red zone. The defense actually played one of their better games of the season, Kevin. Pretty remarkable considering the Hurls starting secondary was out with COVID. Uh, the defense, though, stepping up, but the offense, not so much. Yeah, Jason, and the, the most disturbing part was um, is that I don't remember which one of the commentators uh, said it, Jason, over the course of the broadcast. The Bears are last in the league when it comes to scoring when they get plus field position to start a drive. They're last in the league. And we're, with an offense that's as bad as this one is already, they need every advantage they can get. But apparently that doesn't help them because they can't score when they get the ball on the plus side of the 50-yard line. Um, yeah, the defense, credit where credit is due. The defense stepped up this week, big time. They had a couple uh, rookies, um, guys up from the guys up from the practice squad. They played real. Robert Quinn, Jason, what else needs to be said about Robert Quinn, who basically by himself practically has been a one-man wrecking crew on uh, defense because Khalil Mack has been out. Um, but the good news is, though, Jason, it was nice to see Akeem Hicks in there flying around and hitting Dalvin Cook in the backfield like he always ends up doing. Um, another uh, positive I took, and I know a, a lot of fans were pissed about this, Jason. I don't know what your thought was. Was um, Tevin Jenkins gained a 15-yard uh, personal foul penalty for unnecessary roughness after uh, the play? That is something I want to see because he looked back he saw his quarterback get tossed out of bounds, and he got pissed off about it. That is the attitude that this Bears offensive line needs to have because this offense has been ranked on the entire season. The young quarterback is back there trying his best. He's getting himself killed because his coach, because the coaching staff sure as hell isn't helping him out any. Get pissed off. Get pissed off. 
And um, honestly, Jason, the biggest win for me on Monday night was, as I told you before the pregame show, <laughs> I want a really nice cooler at um, 120 Live in downtown Bartlett. They have raffles every quarter and stuff like that. And that was the grand prize. It's a really nice White Sox Modelo uh, sponsor cooler. So that was the biggest win for me. Um, other than that, it's the same old bad Bears football. And the biggest thing, Jason, is not only do they need to fire Matt Nagy and the GM, they need a culture change. And when I say a culture change, anyone that is in the realm of making a decision needs to take a long, hard look at themselves in the mirror or they need to be fired. Because I, again, folks, I'm 25. I've grown up on the story of the 85 Bears. I saw the 2006 Bears go to Miami. That is over. The 85 season has been over for 40 years. The Bears need to get with the times, Jason. I'm tired of them taking a reactive approach that they react to everything else that's going on around them in the NFL. Why can't we be the ones to discover the next big thing? The next big stat, the next big analytical movement. Why can't we do that? Well, I've always said with the NFL, look at three things if you want to determine where a franchise is at. Look at the owner, look at the head coach, and look at the quarterback. With the Bears, Virginia McCaskey is a very nice person by all accounts. But the ownership group, the McCaskey family, has not done a good job putting the general managers and coaches in place with maybe the exception of Jerry Angelo and Lovey Smith. I'm not giving him credit for Jim Finks or Mike Ditka because those guys were hired by, by Papa Bear Hallis when he was there. Uh, that was before the McCaskies took over. They inherited those, those uh, people who did a great job in the eighties. But if the, if the owner doesn't get it right with the coach and the front office, then guess what? You're in trouble. And that's where the bears have been for the better part of the McCaskey reign over the last 40 years. And I'll say this, uh, the, the, the refereeing in that game against the Vikings, against the Bears was terrible. But still, you look at that the, that game and you look at Justin Fields. I know Matt Nagy's a bad coach. I, I've said that I didn't think he was a good coach in his year when he was winning, when they were 12-4, and four, some of the decisions he made. But they better get a coach in here that's going to coach up Justin Fields because he's playing college football in the NFL. And that, that just doesn't work. Maybe it's Matt Nagy's fault. Maybe it's both their faults. Or maybe Fields just isn't that good as much as people want to make him uh, the next coming of Aaron Rodgers. Right now, he's not, and he needs somebody to coach him up to get him to the point where he's a good NFL quarterback, and it's going to take a lot of work to get him to that point. So, yeah, changes are coming for the Bears in the offseason, no doubt about that, Kev. But let's get to this week's game. The Bears are a six-and-a-half-point underdog, uh, plus 220 on the money line at the Seahawks, or minus 275. Totals 44, 305 kickoff central time up in the Pacific Northwest. We talked about the Bears woes this year. Seattle, an uncharacteristically down year under 500. Uh, can the Bears surprise maybe at least on the point spread here? Or is this a game where Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson take out some frustrations? No, Jason, this is going to be a game where Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, Bobby Wagner and company take some frustration out. Because, yeah, as you said, Seattle has not had a good season. This is the, This is going to be their first losing season since 2011. Think about how much in the world has changed since 2011. Jason, 2011, I was going into my sophomore year. I was in my sophomore year of high school in 2011. That is how long it's been since Seattle has had a losing season. Um, I'm going to just take Seattle in this one, minus the six and a half, minus the 110. Um, I mean, Jason, not only is Seattle a more experienced team than Chicago, Seattle's got one arguably the toughest place to play in the NFL. And as we can see, Bears can't seem to go on, too, because Tevin Jenkins, I think, had at least three uh, false start penalties. So let me take Russell Wilson and the Hawks. 
Yeah, I'd love to take the Bears here, get the six and a half points, Kev, but I got to agree with you. And I'd love it to be 2011 as well. I wouldn't have nearly the amount of gray hair on my head that I have today. <laughs> Ten years of age, a guy, let me tell you. It really does when you go from the 30s into the 40s. But, hey, uh, that's the way life works. However, life works this way with the Bears. Ten years later from where they were ten years ago, obviously they're still bad. So give me the Seahawks here, minus the six and a half. A little bit reluctantly. I'm not that sold on Seattle this year, obviously, as Kev said. They, they're having a really down season, as we talked about. But still, I, I just can't trust the Bears on the road right now. And how much are they going to have left in the tank on the short work week? Not playing for anything the day after Christmas. I'll take Seattle minus six and a half. Let's move on here to the Rams, a team that the Seahawks lost to uh, in that makeup game back on Tuesday as it was uh, um, suspended because of COVID concerns from over the weekend. So they played it just this past Tuesday. So short work week here for the Rams at the Vikings. Rams are minus three, minus 145. The Vikings come back plus 125. The total here is 49, Kevin. This is a noon kickoff. Minnesota really needs this game. They're now seven and seven. There's a log jam for that final playoff spot in the NFC. A lot of people think they'll need to win out or come close to it to make the postseason. Well, the Rams are looking like a playoff team, obviously, but they want to solidify that position and bump up the seeding chart. Yeah, Jason. Um, that uh, first of all, I just want to quickly just—I think this is highly unfair for uh, the Rams, especially that in less than five days they're going to have to play another football game. I—I I don't know. I just think that's really unfair. I know because of COVID concerns. And that sort of thing, I just think it's very unfair. And I, I'm surprised that the total is as high as is as high as it is, given um, given that. With that being said, though, I think uh, Sam, uh, not Sam Bradford. Oh my God, Matt, Matt Stafford. I think he looked pretty good. It looks like the the Rams have started to figure things out a little bit with all the new and meshing pieces on offense. Um, uh, let me take the Rams on the road in this one, Jason, minus the three and plus one hundred on the spread. Ironically enough. Yeah, it's spread moving right before we tape the show, the plus one, um, plus 100 for the Rams. But I'm going to go Vikings plus three, minus 120 here. Boy, Kirk Cousins did not look good in that primetime game. I know he did what not. They, what do they have? Like, I think 89 total yards of offense, and they still managed to beat the Bears. But again, short work week, as Kevin said, for the Rams. The Vikings are always tough at home, and the Vikings really need this one. Again, they're playing every week now to get in the postseason. So, I'll say the Vikings rise up. Maybe they lose a close game, but three points is a lot at home. So give me a Minnesota plus the three. Quickly, a better to drink it here before we get to segment two. The Rams Cooper Cup and the Vikings Justin Jefferson pair of wideouts here. Will they combine for over 174 and a half passing yards? Passing yards against the uh, in that game between the Rams and the Vikings. The yes here is minus 110, Kev. Do you like, you want to bet the yes here? You want to stay away from this one and uh, keep that bar money? No, Jason, I'm going to stay away from this. I'm going to keep it in the beer fund this week. I don't know. I mean, do I think that that could definitely happen? I definitely think so, because I think either one of these guys are at least good for 150-plus uh, receiving yards by themselves. Um, but I just don't like that odds at minus 110, so I'm going to stay away from it. All right, I'm going to actually jump on this one and say that these guys do combine for over 174 and a half passing yards, that one of them gets pretty hot and the other one also has a big game. So give me the yes, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, that Rams-Vikings game to combine for over 174 and a half passing yards. We come back, a little bit of a format change this week with the college football bowl season in full swing. All the stations on our state line network are going to get college and pro football games in their segments this week because we're going to look ahead far into the future towards New Year's Day and also 
uh, December 31st, New Year's Eve with the college football playoff games. We're going to give your thoughts on those games. And also, we're going to get to plenty here in the NFL in the week that will be. Plenty of games uh, the day after Christmas. Plus, also, uh, we have the Monday night around the 27th. Toilet Bowl coming up. Uh, our best bets against the spread, all that and more. Merry Christmas to everybody. Back with that on State Lines right after this. Don't go anywhere. More sports gambling talk coming up on State Lines. Staying connected is important in today's world. Whether it's hearing the news of a new baby in the family or calling work to let your boss know you're running late, phone and internet service keep you connected with your world. At AT AT&T, we know that some Americans face life every day without the comfort and security of having a phone or internet service. In certain areas, you may be able to reduce your phone or internet bill with a lifeline discount if you are in a qualifying low-income household. Additional discounts of up to $25 may be available to those living on federally recognized tribal lands where AT&T offers Lifeline. To find out more about Lifeline and other AT&T products and services, call us at 800-288-2020 or go to att.com slash lifeline if you have access to the internet. Lifeline is a government benefit program and willfully making false statements to obtain this benefit is punishable by fine or imprisonment and could result in termination of Lifeline service. Lifeline enrollment requires certain eligibility documentation and is non-transferable. Limited to one discount per household. AT&T services including Lifeline are not available in all areas. Other restrictions apply. And now, back to State Lines with Jason Gotch and Kevin Berger. All right, perfect. Segment one down. Segment two looking good there with some college mixed in with some uh, NFL. Yep, that looks good. All right, let's do it. Three, two, and one. We welcome you back to State Lines. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to everybody out there. He's Kevin Berger. I'm Jason Gotch. Let's look further in depth on the week that will be in the National Football League, Kevin. And we're going to start it out in the northeast part of the country. Huge game here in the AFC East. The Patriots, who won in Buffalo a few weeks ago, are hosting the Bills this week. The Bills in this game are getting two and a half points, Buffalo is. Uh, The total in the contest between these two teams right now, 43 and a half. Bills plus 115 on the money line. The Patriots are minus 135 on the money line. Noon kickoff in Foxborough. Belichick and company, or do you think Josh Allen finds a way? Uh, Jason, I definitely think that this is going to be uh, Josh Allen, Belichick, and the Patriots. Um, I'm going to take them minus two and a half. Reason being is, I mean, I I was genuinely surprised last week, Jason, that the Colts showed up and they played a really good football game. You know, they they took it to New England and they came out on top. So I think the Patriots are going to be looking to bounce back in this one, Jason. But this is going to be that classic AFC um, East fight in the let in the late part of the season because jason buffalo needs this football game they need this football game with how some of these other teams in the afc are starting to emerge and come along in these last couple weeks of the season uh buffalo's going to need this football game but i'm going to stay on mac jones and the patriots all right i'm going the other way here i'm going with the bills in that game that the patriots won in foxborough that was that horrific weather day when the Patriots, I believe they ran it a record 46 times in that contest and Mac Jones threw three passes. 
Uh, the weather in the Boston area is not necessarily good this time of year, but I don't think it's going to be Buffalo bad like it was a few weeks ago. And I think Josh Allen's going to find a way to put some points on the board. And I'm not sure Mac Jones is going to be able to keep up. So uh, give me the Buffalo Bills. I'm going to take them plus two and a half. Stay away from the total here. So I'm on Buffalo plus two and a half. Now, this one's another huge game, Kevin, this week in week 16. Uh, the Bengals are minus mm. two and a half. Minus 140 at home in the jungle at Paul Brown Stadium against the Baltimore Ravens, who return plus 120 on the money line. The total here is 44 and a half. A noon kickoff central time. Uh, several weeks ago, the Cincinnati Bengals destroyed the Ravens in Baltimore. Both these teams are eight and six tied atop the NFC or the AFC North. The Steelers are seven, six, and one, a tie back. The Browns are. Uh, seven and seven at the time of this taping. So you you see the importance of this game, not only trying to make the playoffs as a wild card team, anybody in that division, but also to try and win this division. The winner of this game in the driver's seat, the Bengals have a really rough schedule in a couple of weeks. They got to play the Chiefs. Uh, so you, you look at where they're at. This is a, a must win game for both these squads. How do you see it playing out? Yeah, Jason, that, that, I want, you know what? No, I'm going to. I'm going to take Cincinnati in this one, Jason. Because, I mean, as you said, they, the, the Ravens had Lamar Jackson. They were at home, and Cincinnati just came in and ran and walked all over them. Um, so I can't imagine how well they're going to be doing at home. Right now, there is still no update on um, Lamar Jackson. I know John Harbaugh said he's hopeful that he can play this week. But even as of this morning, there's still no indication that he's going to be ready to play coming off that ankle injury. And I know that the Ravens, uh, I believe it's a, oh, oh man, for, forgive me for, for not remembering this man's name. I believe his last name is Huntley. Uh, Tyler Huntley or something yeah, like Tyler that. Yeah, Tyler Huntley, That's, exactly. He, he's been playing yep, an admirable Huntley. job as a backup so far as a stand-in. But um, I don't think they're. I don't think the Ravens are going to be able to match that firepower that Cincinnati has, J- Jason, between Jamar Chase and um, Tyler Boyd, and of course Joe Burrow, and of course Joe Mixon running the football at this point in the season with it getting a lot colder. Uh, let me take Cincinnati in this one minus two and a half, minus the one fifteen on the spread. This Bengals Ravens game to me is one of the toughest ones of the week, if not the toughest one. Uh, Kevin gave a lot of really good reasons to. T- Games going for too late, including last week to the Packers, and, and then falling short in the closing seconds with that two-point play at not working, and they lose by one. Those two-and-a-half points are a lot of points for Baltimore. We'll see how Lamar Jackson's ankle injury progresses uh, throughout the week. Uh, but regardless if it's uh, Huntley or Jackson, I'm going to go with the Ravens here. I like him getting the points since he could easily win this game too. And even if they do, maybe it's a, a one- or two-point loss and you win. But uh, give me the Baltimore Ravens plus the two and a half. The Kansas City Chiefs are the hottest team in the NFL. You could certainly argue that two-time defending AFC champion. And this time around after a slow start, Kansas City has won seven consecutive games. The Dolphins have won six in a row. They've been pretty impressive to get to seven and seven. But the Chiefs are 10 and four, winners of seven in a row, Kevin. They are minus seven and a half, minus 350 at home against the Steelers who return plus 270. The total's 44. 325 kickoff, Central Time, Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, Pittsburgh got to probably win out to try and make it the playoffs. Uh, Kansas City trying to cement themselves as the best team in the AFC. Yeah, uh, Jason, I, I would agree. Kansas City has been hot. 
Um, Patrick Mahomes and company, they've really, they've, they've figured it out. And I mean, that defense has really, Jason, been keeping them in a lot of these football games, especially early on in the season. That defense, the offense is finally starting to match the defensive production. Now, with that being said, we do have to keep an eye out that Travis Kelsey is not going to be in the lineup for the foreseeable future. He's on the COVID reserve list right now. So that is a huge loss for Kansas City. But Jason, I will say, speaking of a team that's figured it out, Mike Tomlin and the Steelers has seem, have seemingly figured it out because they've looked a lot better in, in the last month or so. And right now, I firmly believe this is a team that nobody else wants to play right now because they, they, they're dangerous. This team, despite how bad they looked earlier on in the season, is dangerous. With that being said, I am still going to take um, Kansas City in this football game minus the seven and a half. I don't like I don't like it being that high, but uh, keep an eye out um, for the Steelers team. All right. Kevin on the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going to join you here. The, the one thing the Chiefs do very well, obviously, is score points. Uh, Pittsburgh loves to rally in the second half of games, and that's impressive, though. It's cost them the poor first half play a few times this year. But Kansas City just on a roll right now. I think they're going to outscore Pittsburgh here. It's going to be tough for the Steelers to keep up. A lot of points, I know, against the Steelers team that's playing a lot better, but give me the Chiefs minus 7.5. So we continue on state lines. He's Kevin Berger. I'm Jason Gotch. Uh, next up, an old-fashioned NFC East rivalry. The Cowboys taking on the Washington football team uh, down in Big D. The Cowboys are minus 10.5 in this game, minus 475 on the money line. And the Washington football team will return plus 350 on the money line. The totals here is, total here rather is 47.5. Uh, Kevin, Taylor Heineke didn't play in the uh, Tuesday night loss to the Eagles. That was Garrett Gilbert because Heineke was in the COVID protocol. We'll see if he's available on Sunday. Regardless for this Sunday night or 7.20 p.m. national TV game, uh, Dallas is considered a heavy favorite. Do you see that the right way for the Cowboys? Or can the team from D.C. surprise? Um, well, Jason, I, uh, I think that Washington can keep this game closer than a lot of people expect. So I guess with that being said, I would take them plus the 10 and a half. I think this is going to be a one touchdown game. I mean, we saw what happened. I think that was last week that, uh, Dallas had them down and out and Washington rallied to, uh, make that game a lot closer than it probably should have been. Um, with that being said, though, they are going to need Taylor Heineke in this game, uh, Jason, for this, for that to exactly happen. Garrett Gilbert did good um, last night, but uh, let, or on Tuesday night, let, let's be totally honest here. He was going against Philadelphia, whose defense is solid but not great. Uh, you're not going to be able to take a guy off the street and have him go up against that Dallas defense with the likes of Micah Parsons and friends. So uh, let me take Washington in this one plus the 10 and a half, a very cautious uh, plus 10 and a half. All right, Kevin on Washington. I will join him there, and I agree. Taylor Heineke's got to play for this one if you feel real good about this bet. But if he does, uh, Ron Revere teams are always playing on teams in December, so I like him getting double-digit points even on the road against a good Cowboy squad. Let's move quickly to some college bowl games, and these, again, will be played uh, in the distant future. Uh, these contests are all New Year's Day games, and we got all the coverage here for you on this episode of State Lines. Let's start it off with the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. Oh, it's always been a dream for those Big Ten teams in the old days to go out there, uh, but not so much currently when it's not a playoff game, and this one is not. Ohio State consolation prize playing in the Rose Bowl, minus 6.5, minus 250 against the Utah Utes, who are plus 200, 
Total 66. Uh, this is a 4 p.m. Saturday, January 1st kickoff Central Time. Yeah, Jason, th- this is this is a tough game for me to pick. I know when people are like, oh, well, it's Ohio State and it's only Utah. Jason, Utah has had some pretty impressive wins this year. I mean, chief among which I would say their signature win would be pretty much manhandling um, Oregon uh, 38-7 to and the second and their third to last game of the season. Actually, they beat Oregon twice. Jason, they beat them on November 20th, 38 to seven. And then two weeks later, they beat them 38 to 10. So they've played some good quality competition. And what, and what one thing I do know about PAC 12 football, Jason, is that there is a lot of speed and there's a lot of scoring with that being said, though, um, I am probably, I am going to be going with the Ohio state Buckeyes in this one. Uh, Jason, this is going to be one pissed off football team. I know they feel like they should be in the college football playoff instead of Michigan. I know they're probably all embarrassed with how they, with how poorly they showed up against Michigan in that Big Ten championship. So uh, I'm looking at Ohio State to impose their will early on in this football game and play Big Ten Smash Mouth style football. Give me the, oh, give me the Buckeyes minus six and a half. All right, Kevin, the Buckeyes. I'm going with Utah here plus the six and a half. They had those impressive wins over Oregon plus. When I look at college bowl games, I look at motivation. And Utah, this is like a championship playoff game to them. Ohio State, this is a consolation prize. So I think Utah could win this game outright. I'm not going to go there, though, for this bet. I'm going to take them plus nearly a touchdown, plus six and a half, and say they cover against Ohio State. Another January 1st game, noon central time, the Citrus Bowl down in Orlando. Iowa's getting three, plus 125 against Kentucky, who returns minus 145. The total here is 44. Yeah, Jason, um, with that argument in mind with who has the bigger motivation, I would say both of these teams are motivated, Jason. But honestly, I'm going to take Kentucky in this one minus the three. I actually think that this is a good thing that they're favored because, Jason, I don't think a lot of people nationally really understand what a good squad Kentucky has this year because they're, I guess they're the quote-unquote one of the lesser teams in the sec as far as football is concerned anyway but uh they've had they've done a really good job developing that program and they have some serious talent on kentucky and i said this about iowa early on in the season jason i didn't think they were as good as advertised they lost they lost that game to purdue at home and uh, iowa you know what you're gonna get with iowa football they're big they're big you know big farm boys that like to impose their will and move people Kentucky has speed, so I'm going to take the the speed advantage. Let me take Kentucky minus the three. All right, Kevin on Kentucky, as am I, Jason Gotch. Iowa's offense is not good. If you've watched no. Iowa this year, they, they really struggle offensively. So I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to take Kentucky minus the three. They're underrated in the SEC because everything's a Georgia and Alabama, the traditional powerhouses, but Kentucky did, as Kevin said, have a very good season under Coach Mark Stoops. Outback Bowl in Tampa, another January 1st game, 11 a.m. Central Time. Penn State, who started the season very impressive, but really tailed off. They're a one-point favorite, uh, minus 120 on the money line against Arkansas, who returns plus 100. Total here is 46.5 again, 11 a.m. kickoff on New Year's Day. Yeah, Jason, this is a game I can't figure out. I mean, I'm glad that it's a very close line because I think this game could go either way because Arkansas, Jason, is a team I haven't been able to figure out. I mean, they they beat up on Texas. They beat Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher at home. They get demolished by Georgia to the surprise of nobody. They lose to Ole Miss by one point, lose to Auburn, 
but then beat Mississippi State, beat LSU, and then only lost to Alabama by a touchdown. So I can't figure this team out at all. I haven't been able to figure out Penn State much either, but that's because Penn State has not had a good quarterback for most of the season either. So I guess I'm going to roll with the Hogs in this one. Uh, plus, uh, yeah, plus the one. Yeah, I couldn't have said it any better myself, Kevin. You really broke it down excellent there, as you always do. And But, I, yeah, I'm just going to add the competition thing really stands out for me. Uh, the Big Ten was, had, you know, top-heavy again this year. But the SEC, Arkansas, played some really tough competition and played some of those games really, really close. Plus, again, offensive issues for Penn State. Uh, give me Arkansas here getting the point. Again, a coin toss game. But I think Arkansas finds a way to get it done down in Tampa. When we come back here on State Lines, he is Kevin Berger. I am Jason Gotch. More college bowl games, hint, hint. We're going to look at the big ones, the playoff games on New Year's Eve. Plus, we'll talk about Notre Dame's game in the Fiesta Bowl against Oklahoma State. More NFL on the card, too. Toilet Bowl game of the week, three best bets. We'll do it all right after this. We'll be right back on State Lines. Staying connected is important in today's world. Whether it's hearing the news of a new baby in the family or calling work to let your boss know you're running late, phone and internet service keep you connected with your world. At AT AT&T, we know that some Americans face life every day without the comfort and security of having a phone or internet service. In certain areas, you may be able to reduce your phone or internet bill with a lifeline discount if you are in a qualifying low-income household. Additional discounts of up to $25 may be available to those living on federally recognized tribal lands where AT&T offers Lifeline. To find out more about Lifeline and other AT&T products and services, call us at 800-288-2020 or go to att.com slash Lifeline if you have access to the internet. Lifeline is a government benefit program and willfully making false statements to obtain this benefit is punishable by fine or imprisonment and could result in termination of Lifeline service. Lifeline enrollment requires certain eligibility documentation and is non-transferable. Limited to one discount per household. AT&T services including Lifeline are not available in all areas. Other restrictions apply. And now back to State Lines with Jason Gotch and Kevin Berger. Welcome back on State Lines. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy holidays to everybody out there. It is, of course, late December. So you know what that means. Not just the NFL, but college bowl games galore out there. And these are ones you're going to want to crank up your computer or your radio as you listen to our program this week. Because we're going to talk about the semifinal playoff games. And we're going to start it with the Cotton Bowl Classic down in Texas. Kevin, it's Kevin Berger. I'm Jason Gotch. Alabama and Cincinnati. This is a 2.30 kickoff time central time, of course, with Alabama, a 13.5 point favorite in this game. Minus 525 on the money line. Cincinnati plus 385, total 48. Bearcats, a great story. Not a power five team, not Notre Dame, and they crashed the playoff party. Alabama, what more can you say? They're Alabama, and they're the, the, the way they played the last couple of games of the season, coming back to win at Auburn, and then to, dismantling Georgia in the SEC championship game. You can see why a lot of people believe Bama's the team to beat this year. Yeah, Jason. I mean, Cincinnati, like you said, great story. Um, I do think they are better than a lot more than a lot of people nationally give them credit for. This team is very disciplined. They're well coached and uh, they do have some, some great athletes on their side of the football field. 
But Jason, as you said, this is Alabama we're talking about. This is what Nick Saban has built this program on, is getting them into these big-time football games. And I would compare this, Jason, to, I don't know if you remember several years ago when UCF had their run of like three straight undefeated seasons, and they uh, said that, oh, we want to play Alabama, and then they got demolished by LSU in some meaningless bowl game. This is a whole different animal than um, the competition that Cincinnati is used to playing. And I know they beat Notre Dame. I'll be the first one to say Notre Dame did not play very well in that football game at all. Cincinnati is is not used to going up against a team like this, Jason. Um, I think they will come out. The only chance they have is they have to get the ball first and they have to get on Alabama immediately. That is the only chance they have is they have to play a perfect football game. And even then, I don't think it's going to be enough. I would stay away from this game because the total is just so high. And I don't think it's really, I don't think anything's really worth it. But since we have to do this for the show, let me take Alabama in this one minus the 13 and a half. Yeah, I'd love to take Cincinnati. Desmond Ritter's a very good quarterback. Uh, They are underrated. I know they play in the American Athletic Conference, and that's not the SEC, but Cincinnati's good. They proved that with that win at Notre Dame on the road. But this is Alabama. This is Nick Saban with a few weeks to prepare. Uh, This is a team that has the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback in Bryce Young. You saw what they can do at Auburn in that Iron Bowl, where they trailed pretty much the whole game. Storm back in the fourth quarter and won the thing in overtime. I don't think that'll be difficult is as difficult for them this time around against the Bearcats. Uh, give me Alabama to cover the 13 and a half. Orange Bowl, Georgia, minus seven and a half, minus 305 against Michigan, plus 240. Totals 46. This is New Year's Eve, 6:30 p.m. Central Time kickoff. Harbaugh and the Wolverines finally make the party. Kirby Smart in Georgia wants to prove that loss in the SEC title game to Alabama is no joke and likely get a berth again against the Crimson Tide to get some revenge in the national championship game in early January. Yeah, Jason, um, I, this is, I could see this going either way. With Georgia, on Georgia's side, I could see them, um, you know, coming out. The, oh, Michigan's going to run into a buzzsaw. Georgia's going to be pissed off, and they're going to, you know, run all over them. But the whole thing, though, Jason, is the biggest criticism of Harbaugh's Michigan Wolverines since he got there is he has never had a really solid quarterback. He has his guy now. Because Michigan can compete with anybody else in the country, Jason, at any other position. Running backs, receivers, offensive linemen. We know how good they are at churning out offensive linemen, defensive linemen, linebackers, secondary they can match Georgia everywhere else, Jason. The question is, is their quarterback going to be able to step up? And you know what? With that being said, looking at these odds, Jason, I am going to take the Michigan Wolverines in this one plus the seven and a half. And I think, Jason, that they're going to be able to come out and they're going to punch Georgia in the mouth. So um, I'm taking the seven and a half. And I could eye the 240 on the money line. I'm not going to take it personally, but if someone told me that, hey, I put 100 bucks on the 240 for plus 240 on Michigan, what do you think? I could see, I could definitely see someone doing that and coming out ahead. 
Yeah, Michigan certainly has the potential to win this game. There's no doubt about it. They're better offensively than they've ever been under Jim Harbaugh. But I think Georgia is getting maybe a little bit dissed here because of the way they played at least nationally against Alabama. That hey, they're they're good, but they're not prime. They're not Alabama level. And I think Georgia actually is a really good football team. Their offense has been amazing most of the season. So I got to roll with the dogs here minus the seven and a half. Don't feel great about this one, but I do think. Uh, that Georgia comes away with somewhat comfortable win. And it's Alabama and Georgia in the title game. And if you're not an SEC fan, you're probably going to fall asleep because you don't want to see Alabama in there again against anybody. But unfortunately for you, that's going to be the case. Fiesta Bowl, Kev. I know you're a huge Notre Dame guy and the Irish under yes, new I coach am. Marcus Freeman, who of course takes over for the departed Brian Kelly. And I'm guessing a lot of Notre Dame fans, not much love lost there the way Brian Kelly left town. But Regardless, Marcus Freeman is their new coach, and he was the defensive coordinator this year. Now he's the head guy, permanent, not interim. Uh, minus two for Notre Dame here in the Fiesta Bowl against Oklahoma State. Minus 135 money line, Notre Dame, plus 115 Oklahoma State. Total 45 and a half. A noon kickoff uh, Saturday, January 1st. So we have a game here for Notre Dame and Oklahoma State, which both teams, uh, not in the big party, but still one they'd like to win. Yeah, Jason, I think that this is kind of a letdown consolation prize for Oklahoma State a lot more than it is for Notre Dame. Because, Jason, Michigan or Oklahoma State knew going into the Big 12 championship that if they won this, the, if they won this football game, chances were that they were going to be able to find a way to get into the college football playoff. And they couldn't do it. So I think this is a big letdown. That was a huge letdown for them. I mean, you know, they've had some decent wins this season. Um, you know, they beat Texas. They beat Baylor during the season by 10, ironically enough. Um, and then they barely lost to Oklahoma. They barely lost to Iowa State, crushed TCU, beat Oklahoma, beat Texas Tech. But, I mean, their season was, I'd say it's good, not great. Jason, this Notre Dame team is going to be fired up to play this football game. I know everyone's – people are going to say, oh, it's your bias talking. Maybe it is, but – Jason, Marcus Freeman is a Notre Dame guy at this point. The speech that he gave to all of the team when he got the word that he was hired is finish the job. Not for uh, not for me, not for the coaches, not for the boosters. Finish it for the seniors. This team is going to be motivated to come out here and punch Oklahoma State in the mouth because you and I have talked about it before too. Big 12, not a lot of defense a lot of scoring, a lot of speed. I don't think Oklahoma State has faced a defensive front like this or they're going to be facing a running game like this. So to the surprise of absolutely nobody, I am going to take my Notre Dame fighting Irish in this one, minus the two, minus the 135. I'm going with you, Kev. I like Notre Dame here, too. I think they want to prove Brian Kelly wrong as well and kind of rub that in his face if they win this one big. And this is a motivation game, too. You're right. Oklahoma State. They wanted to be in that championship game after winning the Bedlam game against Oklahoma. It did not work out that way. Baylor beat him. And I really think Oklahoma State would have jumped Cincinnati and made it into the playoff had they beaten Baylor. It did not happen. So I think Notre Dame wins here. I like a minus two. I think they could win this game by, you know, seven points or more even when you think about it. So I'm going to go with the Irish minus the two. Let's shift gears here on state lines. Back to week 16 of the NFL season. Raiders and Broncos, Kevin. The Raiders are minus one against the rival Broncos in Las Vegas. Uh, the total in this game, 41 and a half. Raiders minus 120 on the money line. The Broncos come back with a plus 100 
on the money line. 315 kickoff out in Vegas. Yeah, Jason, these are two teams that have been really hard to figure out for the most part. Because, I mean, they both had their ups and downs. Um, Actually, since uh, this morning, Jason, the line has actually moved up a half point. So now it's uh, Vegas is, fav- is minus one and a half now at home as opposed to uh, the one earlier. And uh, the total, yeah, the total looks like it's still the exact same, or the money line's the exact same. But yeah, the, so the spread has moved a little bit. Vegas, I can't figure out right now, Jason. I know Darren Waller's still out, so that's a huge loss for the Raiders. Um, let me take uh, Vic Fangio and the Broncos in this one, plus the one and a half on the road. Yeah, I'm going the same way here, even though Teddy Bridgewater is in the NFL concussion protocol, so we don't know if he's going to play. He got really banged up in that game against the Bengals, had to leave that contest, so it might be Drew Locke at quarterback. Regardless, uh, Raiders very up and down this season. They did get that win uh, on in, on Monday night in Cleveland, but they beat a team that was playing Nick Mullins, at quarterback, who basically was signed off the street because of the COVID issues with both Case Keenum and the starter, Baker Mayfield. I like the Broncos here, plus the one and a half. Buccaneers minus 10 and a half, Kevin, minus 510 on the money line. And uh, Tom Brady's not going to be happy going into this game. The Carolina Panthers in carry in Charlotte, plus 375 is the home team. 44 is the total. Brady and the Bucs shut out by the Saints in the Sunday nighter last week. And that was the first time Tom Brady had been shut out since 2006. So my guess is he is not going to be a happy camper the day after Christmas. No, Jason, I don't think he's going to be a very happy camper either. And, and, and we, and if people don't understand how bad that is, just ask the Indianapolis Colts, what happened uh, when they played a pissed off time Brady after halftime, when they accused him of deflating the footballs, we all know what happened at that point. So uh, I feel bad for the Carolina Panthers at this point, Jason. Um, I'm just going to take Tampa Bay in this one minus the 10 and a half. Nice and simple. Um, uh, yeah, Brady, I think he's going to throw for, you know, 1,000 yards and 25 <laughs> touchdowns in this game to uh, make up for lost time. Yeah, the Panthers are not good. Matt Rule, the experiment there, his second year, another big-time college coach brought to the NFL. That is not working out the way they expected it to. Uh, down in Charlotte. Could be interesting with the coaching situation there after the season. We'll see. He's got a long contract, I think seven years. But still, Buccaneers are going to win this thing going away. Give me Tampa Bay minus 10 and a half. Chargers minus nine, minus 400 at the Texans. Noon kickoff down in Houston. Total in this game is 46. Chargers again minus 400. Texans come back plus 300. Uh, The Texans beat the Jaguars twice. And the the Titans, surprisingly, one time down in Nashville. And nobody else. Can they surprise in this one, Kevin? No, Jason, I don't don't think they will. Uh, Justin Herbert and friends are going to go out, do what they need to do, and then hop back on a flight to get back out to sunny uh, Southern California and avoid uh, the perennial uh, deep freeze that we're in up here in Chicagoland. So let me take Justin Herbert and the boys in this one, minus nine, minus 110. Yep, I will join you exactly. I'm going to take the Chargers minus nine. The Texans coming off that win, probably due for a letdown. Surprising they have three wins maybe this season, and they're not going to get the number one overall pick because now the Jaguars are a team with the inside track on that. Of course, the Lions and Jets in the picture as well. So I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to take the Chargers minus the nine. We come back, toilet bowl game of the week, preview more games, give you our three best bets against the spread. All that and more right after this. You are listening to State Lines. We'll be right back.
Staying connected is important in today's world. Whether it's hearing the news of a new baby in the family or calling work to let your boss know you're running late, phone and internet service keep you connected with your world. At AT&T, we know that some Americans face life every day without the comfort and security of having a phone or internet service. In certain areas, you may be able to reduce your phone or internet bill with a lifeline discount if you are in a qualifying low-income household. Additional discounts of up to $25 may be available to those living on federally recognized tribal lands where AT&T offers Lifeline. To find out more about Lifeline and other AT&T products and services, call us at 800-288-2020 or go to att.com slash lifeline if you have access to the internet. Lifeline is a government benefit program and willfully making false statements to obtain this benefit is punishable by fine or imprisonment and could result in termination of Lifeline service. Lifeline enrollment requires certain eligibility documentation and is non-transferable. Limited to one discount per household. AT&T services including Lifeline are not available in all areas. Other restrictions apply. You are listening to State Lines. We return to Jason Gotch and Kevin Berger. It is that time in the program I know everybody has been waiting for on State Lines. He's Kevin Berger. I'm Jason Gotch. Yeah, we got our three best bets of the week coming up in the NFL. But the time of the week you've been waiting for, the Toilet Bowl game of the week. And, oh, I think this is a double or triple flusher. Hey, you didn't have a good dinner. You had to go. And, you know, it, it's just not working out the way you want when you go to the good old bathroom. <laughs> so you get stuck on your uh, – if the equivalent of football game, you got it right here. You got the Jets, minus two and a half, minus 135 against the always, always lowly Jacksonville Jaguars who return plus 115 on the money line. If you got nothing to do the day after Christmas, you're probably going to go to MetLife Stadium in New Jersey and watch this toilet bowl extravaganza with a total of 41. Noon kickoff central time. Kevin, boy, both these teams are bad. Uh, This is is a tough one because it's the battle of the bad. Yeah, Jason, this is uh, this is a rough one. And in case people are still wondering how uh, what how cheap can I get my tickets for this game, Jason? <laughs> uh, tickets in the three hundred level are start at, and actually three hundreds in uh, midfield actually are starting at just nineteen dollars. So you know you they should your... give them away. They really should. You know why? Because when people go, they buy concessions. That so they should just be like <laughs> throw them up there for free and figure people are gonna buy a bunch. Because it's all the psychological thing, Kev. It's oh my gosh, I got a free ticket, so I got more to spend at the concession stand. Yep. That's the way. Yeah, you, you they could make some money that way. But yeah, yeah nineteen bucks. That's pretty uh, cheap for New York prices. But uh, yeah. So um, yeah, Jason, this game is pretty bad. Um, I'm just gonna take the I'm gonna take the Jets in this one. Uh, minus the two and a half, minus the one thirty-five. Um, I think Zach Wilson has something to prove this year or the rest of the season. Um, the Jags, I hate to say that they had to tear it down and build up again, Jason, but I think they had to basically tear tear the whole franchise down after they haven't even built the first. I don't even think they've built the foundation floor yet. But uh, yeah, let me take the Jets in this one. Jaguars, except for that one year, what was it, 2017, when they nearly went to the Super Bowl, they led in the fourth quarter of the AFC Championship game with Blake Bortles, a quarterback uh, in New England against Brady and the Pats, and then they went all conservative. Other than that, the Jaguars, I think the last like 10 or 11 years, they've lost at least 10 games a year. So I'm going to go Jets here too. I mean, I I took the Jaguars as the best, one of the best bets last week and lost. I I can't take them again. I mean, you can't beat Houston on your own field. I don't think you're going to the Jets and winning. So uh, give me the Jets minus the two and a half. The Saints are minus three against the Dolphins, who've won six in a row. Uh, New Orleans minus three at home, minus 170. The Dolphins are plus 150 on the money line. The total is 38 and a half here, Kevin. This is the Monday nighter, 715 kickoff central time. Miami still getting no respect, while the Saints at seven and seven 
uh, somehow still in the playoff race, even though they've had a lot of issues at quarterback with Taysom Hill and also Trevor Simeon. Yeah, Jason, I didn't. The Saints are another team. You can't figure them out. Dolphins, you can't figure them out. As you said earlier in the program, they've been one of the hottest teams in the NFL, too. Biggest thing for me, Jason, New Orleans is playing at home in the Superdome. We know they're a different team when they play there. I'll take the Saints in this one minus the one minus the three. Yeah, you know what? This is one where it looks like the wrong team's favored, but I don't think that's the case. I'm going to go with the Saints as well. Uh, Taysom Hill at home. I mean, they they, they they did not play good offensive game in in Tampa last week, but they won nine nothing because the Saints defense really stepped up. And I think they'll do it again in this game. Uh, the Eagles really have a great chance to make the playoffs here in the NFC. They're minus 10 minus four ninety at home against the giants who are terrible. Plus three sixty. Daniel Jones shut down at quarterback for the year for the giants. Uh, the totals 40 and a half in this game, noon kickoff, uh, central time. Eagles got a big win over the Washington football team on Tuesday night in one of those COVID makeup games. So you look at this one, Kev, if the Eagles can uh, win this contest, they're looking uh, good for a possible playoff spot. Yeah, Jason. I mean, what have I said the last several weeks is that, I mean, Jalen Hurts has figured it out. He's gotten better every single week. Um, I, I really don't like the, t- I really don't like the spread amount with it being 10 points. I think that's a little bit high. But um, I do have to remember this is the Giants that we're talking about as their opponent. So, yeah, let me take the Eagles in this one. I guess fly, Eagles fly, minus the 10 at home. Yeah, the quarterback choices for the Giants are terrible here. Mike Glennon, who's just absolutely Uh, brutal. I don't know how he's still in the National Football League. Jake Fromm's the other guy. That's the guy I would go with. I mean, you can't keep playing Mike Glennon these teams. He's really bad. But regardless, this is why I'm going to take the Eagles, minus 10. Falcons, minus 5.5, minus 250 at home against the Lions, plus 200. Total here is 42 and a half noon kickoff down in Atlanta. Detroit somehow beat the Arizona Cardinals last week up in the Motor City. I got to admit, look, we do this for a living, Kevin. We study these games. We try and give you the most informed opinion. I did not see that one coming. I I did not. And I still can't believe it happened. But it did. Can the Motor City Kitties win again, beating the Falcons in a road game? You know what, Jason? I am going to take the Lions in this one. I mean, they've won two of their last three. One against the Vikings at home on the last play of the game. And then, like we said, and like you just said, Jason, out of nowhere, they beat the team that for the most part of the seat, for the better part of the season, has looked like the best team in the NFL. So, um, yeah, let me take Detroit in this one. Uh, plus the five and a half on the road, Jason. And also, I mean, they are going to be helped out by the fact that Atlanta is not very good, like, at all. So, maybe Jared Goff can sneak another one in there. Atlanta is not good, but I see this as a big-time letdown spot for the Lions after winning what was similar to that Vikings game a few weeks ago, and then they went out and they laid an egg in Denver. I think that happens again here. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the Falcons uh, minus the five and a half. Another team that in that bottom of the NFC, you never know, that third wild card creates a lot of playoff opportunities. All right, Kev, that time of the show, let's put some winners in the Christmas stockings out there and the holiday stockings. Three best bets of the week. The floor to start it off is always yours. Yeah, here's the hoping that I, that I do better this week than I had the last couple of weeks. I've gone, I've, I've put up a big goose egg the last two weeks, Jason. So everyone who's listening, up, uh, please don't follow my advice. If you're going to follow either of our advices, follow Jason's advice because he's a heck, of, he's been a hell of a lot better at this than I have this season so far. Um, but with that being said, Jason, my first best bet is going to be, um, I'm going to take the uh, Patriots at home. Um, minus the two and a half, minus the 110. Like I said earlier, I think that the Patriots, they play differently when they're at Gillette Stadium. 
Both of these teams, I think, need this football game, but I think the Patriots are going to come back out with something more to prove. And, of course, Belichick at this point in the season going up against a guy he's already played one, he's already played once this year. Um, let me take the Patriots. I'm actually going to go the other one on this way, Ke- uh, Kevin. I'm going to go with the uh, Buffalo Bills here. And my reasoning is I actually think the Bills are the better team getting points. I, I know the Bills haven't shown it throughout the season. They've been up and down. But I think Josh Allen's going to score enough points here against the Patriots. Revenge contest after that terrible weather game that the Patriots won at the Bills a few weeks back in the Monday nighter. Uh, so give me Buffalo in a game that is key for AFC East supremacy, getting the two and a half points. Bet number two, Kevin. Yep. Uh, second best bet for me, Jason, is going to be um, the LA Minnesota game. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take uh, Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, and the Rams in this one, minus the three, plus the 100 on the road against Minnesota. Uh, yeah, I think the Rams has really figured it out. Aaron Donald is still doing Aaron Donald things like he always does. Um, and I do not think the Vikings are going to be able to have any answer for that L.A. defense. All right, Kevin locked in with best bet number two. I'm actually going to take for my best bet number two, the Atlanta Falcons minus those five and a half points. Just talked about that game a few moments ago. Let down spot for the Lions after that big home win over the Cardinals last week that none of us saw coming. I think Atlanta at home finds a way to cover the five and a half against a Detroit team that is still very, very bad. So give me the Falcons minus the five and a half. Final best bet of the week for you here, Kevin. And final best bet of the week, Jason, is going to be this is going to be one of the big, I think one of going to be one of the most important games to happen in the entire over the course of the entire weekend. It's going to be the AFC North, Baltimore versus Cincinnati. Take I'm taking Cincinnati at home. Who are they going to beat them? Bengals, not the not the Lamar Jacksonless Ravens, minus two and a half, minus one fifteen. All right, Bengals fans love to hear what Kevin has to say there. My last best bet of this week is going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus the 10 and a half points at the Carolina Panthers. I would not want to be Carolina this week. Tom Brady is usually very, very measured. Look, Tom Brady is as uh, PR savvy as anybody out there, but he was ticked off during that game. He was ticked off after that 9-0 loss at home to the Saints on the Sunday night contest. He even said it after the game that he was not a happy camper. So I think Brady and the Bucks are going to take out some frustrations here on a bad Panther team. Give me the big spread on the road. I don't normally like those, but I'll take it here. Bucks minus 10 and a half at the Carolina Panthers. For Kevin Berger, I'm Jason Gotch. Have a very Merry Christmas, a happy and healthy New Year, happy and healthy holiday season. We will talk to you next week here on State Lines. Enjoy the holiday, everybody. You've been listening to State Lines, a Franklin Media Group podcast. For more information, visit statelines.show. To start your own podcast, visit franklinmedia.group.